Champions League mailbag. Mailbag. It's a mailbag. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ring FC. I'm Isak Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm a little bit sleepy, man, to be honest. How are you? I mean, to be fair, it is the morning, so I'm sleepy. It is fine. the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like, feel a little bit like Wally when he needs to charge his batteries. I'm barely sleepy. I am, I am, thankfully, freshly hydrated, so that's all good. Um, I am freshly caffeinated. If we were a garage duo, it'd be like DJ Caffeine and MC Hydrate. That's actually quite cool. Those are actually quite cool names. MC Hydrate, DJ Caffeine. Those are actually really DJ Caffeine. Oh, wow. You go like with an accent. DJ with an Caffeine accent. is pretty sick. Yeah. Because when you're rhyming, you can DJ Caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what are we talking about today? What are we talking about? Uh, well, first of all, we've got to talk about that we are no longer alone on this here Ringer FC feed. Yeah, that's right. That, and actually, that's maybe right. it is right. It is literally right. Um, maybe there's going to be a load of people who have signed up to Righty's house. And have, we've dropped in their feed today and they're like, who the hell are these two? What's this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, so, guys. <laughs> so, so if you missed it, Ian Wright has joined The Ringer and his new podcast, Wrighty's House, is on The Ringer FC feed. It's joining Stadio on The Ringer FC. Well, it's joined Stadio on The Ringer FC feed. First episode was on Wednesday. We are involved. We will be regularly popping up. And we were both on the first show along with the other two regular contributors, Carl Anker and Jeanette Quache, who were both great. Yeah. Absolutely. It was very wholesome. We all popped around for a brew. We did indeed. A nice cup of tea. It was so much fun, that episode, actually. It was really fun, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's going to be dropping on the Ringer FC feed every Wednesday morning, you, uh, well, European time. You're on it next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in it next week. Uh, next. With Jeanette. With Jeanette, then I'm on it again a couple of weeks after that. We're just going to rotate, basically. Yeah, so for those of you who only wanted to listen to Ian Wright's podcast and have now got us two, hello. Yeah, we've I love it. We've, <laughs> we've actually been here for a while. <laughs> what the world needed, another football podcast. Here we are. <laughs> Stadio comes to you every Monday, every Thursday. You can listen back through all of the episodes that we've done and see what, see what kind of vibe it's on. Ian's actually been on twice. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Which is kind of where the conversation... Well, yeah, where it all started, where it <laughs> oh, all began. Oh, sorry, was that a little... Uh... A peek behind the curtain. Oh, <laughs> look at Musa, look at him go. <laughs> ITK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so today we're doing a Champions League mailbag episode, but first we're going to talk about Bartomeu's departure at Barcelona. Messi has won. Yes. It is over. You called it, you called it. You I said did, it was I a power feel, play. I did feel quite smug, actually. You said it was a power play. And whatever happens from now, I think Barcelona are in an immeasurably better place. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, we'll get into it in a, in a little moment. But before we do, quick bit of admin. For those of you who are new to the show, those of you who have listened for a while will know that we play out on a different piece of music each episode. We put them all into a playlist on Spotify. Search for Stadio Outros on Spotify and you'll find it there. Today we're playing out on, on a new one from Swing Ting, Manchester yep. Crew. Even if you have a Spotify account, we recommend going and buying it where you can. Support Absolutely. the artists. Yep, yep. So yeah, we'll get into the Bartomeu stuff after this. 
This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, man, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Oh, wow. he did a he did a big old monologue. It actually happened. And then on the way out, he was just like, "Oh, uh, by the way, sign up for the Super League. See ya." Which was like, "Yeah, that's how I'm going to bail us out of the mess that I helped to create at the club." That means I may not have to fork out a load of money out of my own pocket. I love how he was able to frame his own bailout as a benevolent act. For those who aren't aware of the situation or the timing, long story short, there was a, it was about to go to a vote of no confidence for Bartomeu, and they were going to have elections. However, with the, obviously the pandemic in Europe is hitting its highest level of daily cases in a number of countries. Yeah. We're about to go into a second lockdown, which is called like lockdown light. Uh, that starts on Monday. It's not going to feel like it's not, not going to feel yeah. like after the last after the summer where everyone just kind of well, it was like it was it was most things were open and for a while the cases were pretty steady. Yeah, and low. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that the Catalan government said that they couldn't put in these measures to try and set up all of these different kind of polling stations essentially because you couldn't you couldn't invite everyone to Camp Nou. Yeah, and obviously Barcelona has members all across Spain and in places like Andorra and the possibility of everyone getting to vote would have been tough and also I think that he kind of knew where it was going. Yeah. So Bartomeu goes and I mean what do you think about this? I think he went because the humiliation it's it's interesting to know actually the most interesting thing about this is there was a limit to his shame. There's a limit to your shame. Like a vote in slow motion. How are we? They're gonna, they're gonna you know fire what? us. You know what? Now, they, now they got righty. They don't need us. We're out. Are we we're just barricade. Like, <laughs> barricade. We we're gonna be like. We're gonna be like. Now, now that they've started bringing new people onto the Ringer FC feed, we're basically going to be the podcast of Olivier Giroud. The next, our entire podcasting career is just going to be spent with the Ringer trying to replace us with better people. <laughs> the scary thing was my first thought. My first thought was, 
I go to barricade the doors and hide my address so they can't come for me. They all have to pry this microphone from my it's like, cold dead it's hand. Like, it's like you on Twitter. It's just like, I never quit this app. I never could have quit this. Most of the come out of there. We have enough, enough of the podcast on the feed. It's like, no, I'm going to keep broadcasting. <laughs> Right, get this back on track. Come on, man. This is serious. Yes, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm like Beyonce. I'm always on beat. I'm always on beat. So what's interesting with this is there's a limit. See, I just picked right back out. See that? That's a pro right there. With this, what's interesting is that there is a limit to Bartomeu's shame. We, we constantly felt there was no bottom to it, but actually the public disgrace of a no confidence vote by our own fan base was the limit because he'd have to wear that for the rest of his career. Him going now means that like, I did the best by this club. I'm so successful. Look at all these trophies. I leave with my head held high. I leave my own terms. But being voted out, effectively, that would have been an absolute humiliation. And I, mm. I just find that really interesting from someone that prides themselves on having this brass net. Um, in terms of what it means for the club, it's a huge opportunity. Mm. If they get this appointment right, the next one, it can change everything. Because actually the pieces in that squad are really, really good. We saw it, weirdly enough, even in the defeat, even in the defeat, in the Classico, we saw just what quality those at Barca. Even last night, in a win against a limited Juventus, and actually a fairly poor Juventus, as, as Juventus have been most of the season, with Dembele there, you have people that can help you win the biggest mm. trophies. They have to get the next appointment right. But the opportunity's all there. It's all there. Bartomeu leaves a really strange legacy at Barcelona. If you think he landed the treble, other than that, it's really hard to see where the positives of his legacy will lie. He's absolutely torched the finances. Yep. This is why the European Super League thing was announced, 100%, because what well, he's quote in the Sid, there's a Sid Lowe piece in The Guardian about it, and Sid's translated the quotes, and he said, um, a European Super League will for clubs will guarantee the economic st sustainability for the club and ensure it continues to belong to its members. It will never be a private company. Never. So he's trying to do this thing where he's basically like, listen, I guaranteed the financial security of the club going forward. But that I was on it. me. But that I was on me. Yeah. But it was basically like saying, it's like the equivalent of just setting fire to your own apartment and then trying to claim credit for putting it out. Yeah. It's just like, no one asked you to do that. Anyway. No, 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 for calling the ambulance. You didn't even put yeah. it out. You called the ambulance. That was it. You literally yeah. didn't even put it out. You called well, the ambulance. I mean, that would have been terrible because what you needed was a fire engine. Yeah, you're like, you're like, <laughs> sorry, 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 fire engine. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but no, exactly. that's actually quite a good analogy. No, that's hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, accidental. Accidental. I said fire my apartment, but I called the ambulance. Yeah, but you needed a fire engine. Yeah, but the ambulance. You're like, up there, up there. Oh my God, that's actually. Do you know what's interesting, actually, as well? It's like um, this moment. And him leaving now, you, you see those three players, Griezmann, Coutinho and Dembele, bought to decide games like the Classico and just not making a single mark on it mm. was the perfect coda, not coda because he, just before he left, but it was the perfect sort of metaphor or summary of the state he'd left that club in. And it's so interesting how we always have these business geniuses who come in and do terrible jobs because they don't respect football as, as an entity. It's, again, it's class-related. We've said it before. And I, like we, I said this before as well, like he's resentful, I think, of so much of the success on the field. And the sad thing is, imagine what Barca would have achieved if they were run by people who actually liked football. 
That's the thing. That's the painful thing about this. Imagine what they'd have achieved. The thing about it being, um, you know, a private company and it will always be, you know, the property of the socios and all this kind of stuff is, is a really interesting one because it never felt like it was run that way under Bartomeu mm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was full of waste. It was full of ego. It was full of politics. It was full of all sorts. And Barcelona is, it's not like Barcelona was this kind of utopia beforehand. It's always been fiery as a football club. Yeah. However, I think what Bartomeu inherited, and we've said this before on numerous Bar- like podcasts where we've talked about Barcelona, what he inherited and what he did with that, the only way it could have been worse was if he like took them out of the top four. Yeah. But it was just never, that was never going to happen. Not with those resources, not with Messi. No, you just can't. Like you could put Messi, you could put you and me in the same team as Messi. Oh my God, why can't, why don't you go in there? You can go in there. Pass first striker, you'd be there. He'd probably love you actually. Oh my God, he wouldn't. (laughs) Just imagine Messi's disappointed face. The ball clangs off my shins. (laughs) Hey, like Ian Wright said, just hold your run a little bit. That's true, actually. Yeah, Just that's, true, actually. A little bit. that's true. It's true. It's true. But yeah, the next appointment for Barcelona is absolutely critical because this is a club now that has an opportunity, maybe ahead of, slightly ahead of schedule. Yes. An opportunity to keep Messi now. Now the sales pitch begins. Now it's, you know, the guy is gone. Messi's still there. I cannot see them appointing someone who isn't going to portray themselves as being like, let's get Barca back to what Barca should be. You know, preaching unity and Messi's the greatest. And like now this is, this is what's going to happen, I think. It's going to really, it might, you might see Poyol or someone like that come back in. There'll be, there'll be populist appointments. Do you know what's interesting? I mean, popular see, appointments, I well, should say. Well, it's funny because PK talks about players not having influence. Mm. But funny enough, it'll be funny to see which players start flexing now. Yeah. What did PK say in that thing when he said that he'd texted Messi in the summer and he said there'll be someone else in charge next year? I mean, I I want to basically unpick the moves that were made. I I want to unpick all it. I want the HBO show to unpick. I want to be in their WhatsApp group. Dude, I don't think you or I have the first touches to be in a group like that, but. Yeah, but I got the gifts. Well, that's true. That's true. You are the gift king. Gift game strong. That's true, actually. I'm like the number eight of gifts. <laughs> oh, now you're an eight. Oh, okay. Now you're an eight. Okay. Just happy to be out there. Oh, look at, look at, there he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I mean, we had a couple of questions on Barca while we're here. So yeah, let's, let's, let's maybe pivot to the football side of it because they beat Juventus. Are you a little bit concerned about Juventus? In what sense? Financially, no. As in they're just not playing very well? Um, I'm not concerned for them. I, in terms of them winning the league, I mean, they're Juventus, so they have such They'll probably depth. end up doing it, right? The thing is they have so much depth, they could just go on a run, a scoring run. But I will say this, if there's ever a chance for another team to win it, leap on this one. This is the year. Mm. This is mm. your year. Like AC Milan or Napoli, you have to go for it. No excuses. Inter will always be there and thereabouts, but AC Milan and Napoli in particular. Yeah, they've got a motor. AC Milan can leap. This is... In terms of their reconstruction project, if they can win the champ, if they can win <laughs> ahead of myself, oh, they can steady. win. I know I got too excited. They can win Serie A this year mm. with their folklore, with their legacy, with their myth, with their legend. They can attract signings of a caliber 
There are, there are people waiting, put it this way, there are people waiting to sign for AC Milan again. And they've been mm. waiting for a long time. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like restoring the cathedral. Yeah. And this would be the moment for them. They've got to go for it. I think they are the best placed. They're the most balanced of the teams I've seen so far. I don't know about the squad depth. What I've seen from them has been really impressive. Also winning 2-0. I thought it was fairly comfortable, apart from the three VAR offsides for Alvaro Morata, which I actually thought were all correct. So they were tight, but they were all correct. Yeah, yeah. So VAR, we've talked about this. VAR's there, as long as it's used correctly. Yeah, just hold the line, unfortunately. Sorry, Alvaro. We like you a lot, but... Yeah, Michael Owen was saying that on BT Sport, actually. He was just a bit like, you know, just, well, I mean, he basically said exactly the same thing, but I was just a bit like, oh, Michael Owen. Well, because having, the problem is, people understand, like, failing to hold the line is having, like, having a bad first touch. It's, no, it's, no mm. real, it's not really different, actually, if you think about the technical skill of getting a run just right. There's the angle. You look at someone like Freddie Jungberg, how often was Jungberg offside? Mm. And look at the runs he made, the angle, the runs that Jungberg made. He ran at sometimes, he would run at like a 90 degree angle to the ball. So the ball would arrive from Bergkamp. And then the beauty of that is you're, get, you're getting two things. You're not only getting there at the right time, you're making the defender turn their heads. So I don't know, Jungberg's the guy. Like if you want to talk about movement off the ball and it's sad that Morata's getting penalised. At the same time, it's almost like in a cruel way, you could argue, and this is maybe a cruel thing to say, but those margins of offside and how close they are, they're the margins between Morata being a very good striker and an elite striker. And you can actually extrapolate that to a lot of his play. Like he is just a very good striker who has and who can make the leap to elite because we look at Calvert-Lewin, we look at like um, Bamford, it's never too late to become a complete striker. And Morata is complete in all the other areas of his game. That's why he still gets those starts. Mm. Morata's good at everything else. So hopefully he takes the leap from, takes the lead from his other players who've not been regular scorers and becomes on himself. I thought Barcelona were good though. Yeah, they, oh, they were. They Probably were. should have been more. They were good. Messi was unbelievable. Pedri was great. Yeah. Pedri was great. Pedri. <laughs> Pedri was playing with some elite level disrespect. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't care who you are. I don't care how many leagues you've won. Like, I am a baller and I'm going to ball. <laughs> you know, it's so funny about that idea. Like, I like the idea that Messi was sitting in the dressing room and Pedri walked in. And he looked up and he made eye contact and he was like, some of those skills, young one. And Pedri was like, what of it? What of it? And I can imagine Messi being like, okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> See, I imagine, it's the other, I imagine it's the other way around. I think like going out to the dress, before the match, Messi sits there across from Pedri and he looks at him and he just gives him a nod. Pedri's like, okay, today's the day. It's like Go Messi it, would have yeah. spoke to him ages ago and he'd be like, I'll give you a signal. Hulk smash. Like, I love Messi it. Messi is just like it. unleashed Pedri. And that team actually, that's the, this formation, when it starts finishing, it has the chops. Like this mm -hmm. formation, like we said it, I like this formation. Four, two, three, one, I think can work. I really do. Messi is the 10 at this stage of his career, surrounded by speed. It's basically what United have been trying to do with Juan Mata, if you think about it. Surround him by speed at this point. Let him be the brain. And Griezmann, like, you know, Griezmann hit the woodwork and inches away from, like, if Griezmann scores that, different narrative. Pjanic with, with De Jong. I liked that a lot better than Busquets and De Jong. A lot better. Actually. You know, it's a, sh it's a shame that it took Kuman till after the Clasico to work out these details. Mm. 
that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. It's understandable. Mm, well, I think it would have been a step too far. He's made quite a few bold moves, actually, Kuman, since arriving. Some I like, some I, mean, I don't like. Um, I mean, the, the boldest of all was the sockless loafers, but let's move. Uh, yes, let's move quickly on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm glad winter is coming just so we don't have to see Ronald Koeman's bare fucking ankles anymore. Be careful you wish for, Ryan. I, no, think, he, I'm, I, think, I'm, I think he's wild. I think he's chaotic enough. Oh, Koeman has got the ego of rocking that in Kiev yeah. in an away <laughs> game, <laughs> in an away <laughs> game in January and just being like, someone's like, do you want some socks, Ronald? He's just like, oh, I'm fine. No. Whereas he's actually freezing. He yes. can't feel his feet. He's got he's really like, thin loafers on with no he's socks. Thinking, he's and he's thinking, just like, think of the myth, think of the marketing. Just in his head, he's just repeating over and over again. A good Ronald is a brave Ronald. A good Ronald is a brave Ronald. A good Ronald is a brave Ronald. <laughs> that is that is so plausible. That's that is definitely so Kuman's energy. Oh my god! In the other games, well, speaking of Kiev and Ferencváros, they but they drew two all. Great game that. It was fun that game actually. I'm. Uh, Patrick K said, before we move on from Barca, is it me or did the late Barca midfield of Busquets, Pjanic, De Jong, Pedri and, and Jordi look pretty good? Just the creativity for the last minute, like 15 minutes or so. I mean, yeah, it looked good. I think they would, I, I prefer how they started because I think they really played well. Mm, yeah. And I mean, Messi's ball for the Dembele goal. Oh my goodness. Oh and my then, goodness. And then all of a sudden, like people always say Messi's dead lazy, right? But when the ball went in the back of the net, Messi was just behind Griezmann, I think, on the back post. So that, he covered, covered the ground. The Messi passing performance I always talk about is the 2015 Champions League mm. final first half when Messi just dropped out to the wing and just started spraying, like just quarterbacking it. Precision, precision from long range. Unreal. Before we move on from Barca, Kunle Joe. Oh yeah, Kunle, shout out. Is this the beginning of the post-breakup glow for Barca? <laughs> yes. And I want to shout out Alexandra Johnson, great um, La Liga journalist, co-host of the Bombazo pod with Lee Roden as well. Shout great podcast. Lee. That's an excellent podcast, yeah. FC Barcelona, post Bartomeu, are unbeaten. <laughs> I loved, yes. <laughs> I love tweets like that. Never missing a beat. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Dude, we've got some important... We should have covered this at the top of the show, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I was a little bit late to catching the kickoffs yesterday. I was making a cup of tea. And I sat down and I opened up Twitter and my mentions... <laughs> Here we go. Good Lord, my mentions. Julian Nagelsmann is back on his bullshit. 
<laughs> he's he back is, on his Champions most, League bullshit. Most definitely he is. Something's going on there. So I want to just say thanks to every single one of the literally millions of you who just tagged me in various tweets of Union Nagelsmann's get up. <laughs> if you are new to the podcast and you haven't heard us talk about this, it's a regular theme of the show. If you go to my Twitter, at Ryan Hun, I wrote a piece on this for The Ringer not too long ago that I'm... I mean, to be honest, I, for me, I hope Nagelsmann just keeps doing it because I could dine out on that and the chaos piece all year. You can. going to keep posting <laughs> the ball out. Shouts to Neve Dunphy, who tweeted us saying, just to touch on Nagelsmann's attire, has he chosen to wear a tribute to Manchester United's third kit? <laughs> yeah, like, what, what, actually, let, let's break down. What's Nagelsmann doing? Because right, I mean, it's in the piece. Uh, uh, like the, I wrote the piece after he rocked up for the PSG game mm. in the last time that he broke football Twitter, startup with his startorial nonsense. And my point on this is that you turn up for a game like that, you get beaten 5-0, then you're providing more ammo. You are, yeah. He doesn't need to do this. And he was asked about, he was asked about it on German Sky after the game and he was just like, I'm a football coach, not a model. And I was like, precisely. There's a psychology involved here. And a lot of people were rolling their eyes being like, what the hell are you talking about? But it's true. It's really, really important, I think. And if you rock up to Old Trafford in a Champions League game in that suit, if I was the opposition manager, I'd be like, they're not serious. Do you know what I think? And that's, and that, yeah. But that's the thing. Sorry to, but that's yeah. the thing about Julian Nagelsmann. He is a serious football coach and he's a serious football brain. But I'm wondering where this impetus is coming from. And I've got a couple of theories. There's a ridiculous theory, which is based that he's so ahead of his time that he's already having a midlife crisis, which is not true. At 33. <laughs> so, no, no, but that, that's just me being ridiculous. Do you know what I think actually might be happening? It might sound slightly silly, but I think it might be happening. Maybe, I don't know if it's a childhood friend or something like that, but maybe someone in his life is having a persistent go at him to show some personality. Oh, Julian, they think you're too wooden. They think you're too this. Just try something a bit different. Like, and he's just maybe at some level, he's slightly kind of responding to that. Yeah, but the thing is he had the personality when he rocked up on that game, when he was talking to Archie on the sideline and he had that. The, so RB obviously have the the Nike sponsorship, right? And he had that, the Nike acronym, yeah, spon- uh, like collab coat on. And I was just like, yeah, that's his vibe, the coats. Like the coats that you would only get in places like Voost or in Berlin and they'd cost you like six or 700 euros. And they're Nike. And so they're on brand, they relate to the thing. It's just like, rock it. Like no one rocks those coats really as a, as a manager. The only other person I've seen wearing one, I think Gareth Southgate was wearing a black one. Like he just moved to Berlin and was about to, walk into Bergheim and ask for a residency. Yeah. You know, but that's it. Like he had that personality there. But that's what I mean. There's, there's, there's obviously some thinking behind it. When I saw his reaction and it was a bit defensive, I thought something's going on there. When you, you come out with a quote, yeah, if you come out with a quote like, I'm a football manager, not a model, it's, it's a very defensive, like, that is obviously, listen, if anyone wore that suit in any walk of life, it would stand out. It would be a thing. You don't just wear a suit like that for any, for no reason. You don't. It's like not, you don't just switch like that. Anyway, we had a question from Phil Hartup. Sartorial choice is notwithstanding. What did Nagelsmann get so wrong and what did Solskjaer get so right? Or would this have been a relatively normal game if Marcus Rashford wasn't playing like a member of God's own ultimate team? Hang on one second because we had a couple more questions on Manchester United. Our good friend, Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt said, why does every good slash bad Manchester United result prompt such pendulum views on Solskjaer? Good tonight, shite tomorrow. And... 
Bobby Subak, are Manchester United primed for an epic collapse in the second half of the group stage or are they just underperforming in the Premier League? Let's do that first. We've got another one on Manchester United, which I'll touch on in a bit. Interesting result. No, first of all, outstanding result for Solskjaer primarily and then for Manchester United. Outstanding result for Solskjaer because tactically, using a diamond, giving them something new to think about, with that front two of Martial and Greenwood, Van der Beek and then Pogba in the inside left channel really looked really, really good. Well, which is where Pogba, Pogba always uh, wanted thank to Thank you. That's where Pogba has habitually been at his best. Fred was defensively very strong. Karl Anker rightly pointed out that his passing forward is still a problem, but his defensive screening was very, very strong, very good, and it's what United needed against a Leipzig side who've been really good this year. This is, as I often say, well, I say it every week, a statement victory. Um, but it was a statement victory. <laughs> Everyone's because, a sta- every victory is a statement victory. Put it this way, when people look at that result, when people come out of their dressing rooms and look at the scores across Europe and they see that United have beaten Leipzig 5-0, people's first reaction will be like, whoa, what is going on over there? What is happening over there? That's a special result. I thought Leipzig were actually pretty good for an hour. Yes, yes. United, though, have extraordinary talent on the break. We knew this. And if you expose yourself against that break, you will get punished. Mm. Everyone in world football gets punished against, look, if Martial, Greenwood and Rashford are being launched on the counter by Fernandez and Pogba, that is going to hurt any team in world football. I don't care who they are, especially in a pandemic era. It's going to mm. hurt anyone. And Solskjaer's credit, he harnessed all of that in that game. Yeah. I mean, John Rose said, is the diamond formation the way forward for United given their lack of competent wingers? Potentially. Potentially. Like, it's a solid enough, look, I think it gets the best out of Van der Beek. It allows Solskjaer and, um, sorry, it allows Pogba and Fernandez to do their thing. And Fred now is improving so rapidly that you can see it working long-term. Mm. And it allows, you know, with the front two, it then allows Greenwood or Rashford to get a rest and use them as impact players. And it solves the problem of having to yeah, use them all at once. Yeah, because yeah, Rashford started to look knackered towards the end of last season, didn't he? Do you remember? Yeah, this, is a, this could be the one that worked because Wan-Bissaka is so solid on the right flank. All of a sudden, mm. the diamond emphasises his defensive strength. Mm. And you don't have to be that good at overlapping in a diamond if you're that good at defending and when you've got such a creative attack line. If, it's almost like um, the diamond is the best version. You know, like Mourinho, we often said Mourinho had two teams. Mm. The front of the team and the back. So the back end, the defence basically was the business end. One fullback would push high up, but fundamentally the other one would stay deeper. So you have a similar thing with United actually, where Shaw would be more advanced than, than one Bissaka, mm. who was the kind of like that, you know, Ashley Cole late in his career would sit deep and tackle more and do what one Bissaka was doing. And then the front part of the attack basically was like, just go out and find your combinations, do your thing. And look, a lot of teams will not be as um, obliging as Leipzig were in the later stages of this game. And I think they got caught cold. I think they underestimated United to an extent, which is why they pushed so high I, up. I think there was a little bit of a lack yeah. of game, um, I'd say game maturity, not game intelligence. Mm. I think there was a little bit of a lack of maturity from, from Leipzig. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Like Nagelsmann said, like, he was quite encouraged by the first half. And I think they should be. I think it was actually, I think it's a weird result. I don't think the result reflects the game so much although I think United did deserve to win obviously mm. because they just created more chances with what they had Leipzig had way more of the well not way more of the ball but Leipzig had more of the ball I thought their 
pressing in the early stages of the game was really good. But there have been signs already this season, and we've we've mentioned it a few times, that there's some stuff to figure out at Leipzig. Because sometimes configurations work and, and all of a sudden they look like they've found a solution to a problem, for example. We said that like you said it before, I think Nagelsmann is is really great at finding solutions to problems. But to quickly reply to Mashlin Paddy's question and then get to Nagelsmann. The reason there's a pendulum view on Solskjaer is because the results are pendulum. Mm. If you lose 6-1 to Spurs and get battered to the point where it could have been more than six at home in the Premier League and then beat Leipzig, people are simply responding to the results because you you can't not. like In the same way that a 5-0 win over Leipzig should be a big deal in Europe and everyone should be like, oh, United are for real in the Champions League, which I think they are. And when I said before, they can win the Champions League and certainly will, but I'm saying they can. They certainly can. They are dangerous enough and they have enough firepower that if they get out of the group stages over two legs, they can be a threat for anyone. And if we carry on playing the single round knockout, United can win the Champions League. They can. They have mm. the firepower, right? And that's what's going to come down to in the Champions League. But um, on Nagelsmann, I've thought this for a while. I thought that since he joined, actually, since he joined Leipzig, I was like, he is such a genius that the danger and the temptation will be to give him the pieces to play with that he already has and say, oh, go make those work. He is not working with a squad of uniformly elite talents. He's working with a squad of good to very good to outstanding players. Mm. And he has taken, in some cases, discarded pieces and made them very, very good. And the problem with an elite attack is that now and again, an elite attack will expose any flaw. Now, Konate mm. has come back in after a while that's a positive though, actually. Yeah. No, no, it because is a po- I think Because I think a lot of people, sorry to cut in, yeah, the emergence of, of Upamecano has caused a lot of people to forget about Kanate. Yes. And he yes. was the one who emerged before. And I think a lot of people have forgotten how good he was before he missed a lot of last season injured. Absolutely. Yeah, no. So Upamecano and Kanate. And funny enough, actually, Upamecano, if I will criticise him briefly, and I will briefly because he's a magnificent player. And actually I was writing a tweet last night and I was like, I'm not going to post that because I love him and he's a great player and he doesn't deserve to be criticised at this point. If there's one criticism of him is that he's doing too much and perhaps being asked to do too much. Mm. He's coming out of defence a little too much. There was one moment he came out of defence and played out and I don't think he was just being egotistical. I think that, you know, he's been told to join the attack, create play, but there was one moment where he came high up the pitch and then he's jogging back, not because he's being lazy, because he's making a lot of those runs now. And it's too much. And it's almost like, mm. you know, the overuse of Papamecano is almost like the overuse of Ramos by mm. Real. And it, I, think that's why, I think that's why the return, the, uh, the return of Canate, I think is going to be massive for Leipzig. Yeah. Because you could see that there was a bit of rust there, but I think that he, I mean, they are, in my opinion, the future of the France defence. Like, if, it, would have to, it would be very surprising if those two aren't the starting centre-backs for France for, you know, you could, you could potentially say like at least five, six solid, solid years together, maybe even a decade. Like, Can I be honest? Canate has to be a priority for Barcelona. Can, uh, one, of, one of the two, one of the two, Opamecano mm-hmm. or Canate has to be a priority. Like, honestly, those, those players, their ball-playing ability, their ability to tackle, defend, get back, they are absolutely elite. The next level, yeah. They're elite, they're elite. They're elite, they're elite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, <I don't> <laughs> 
They are elite. I will I will bang that drum. We've been bang that drum for a while. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, we said though, didn't we? The best thing Manchester United and Leipzig could do is do a pact that just whoever plays at home wins out of their two games and try and nudge PSG out. Yeah. PSG who beat Basak Shahir 2-0 thanks to two Moise Kane goals. Yeah. I'm yeah. very happy to see him happy. Gives me a lot of joy that. I just love him. Name I went off in that game. Didn't look good, but I haven't seen an update yet. Have you have you seen any updates of him? No updates, no, no, no. All right, so Pete Pashini, Moose, he's coming for you. Oh God, Atalanta? Yeah, yeah. yeah What's happened? Atalanta. What's happened? He said, please help me understand what is going on with Atalanta. Why am I scared that they won't make it out of the group stages? This game against Ajax, two all. Mm. And Atalanta are wobbly, although Duvan Zapata saved the day with two goals. His second was contender for angry goal. Duvan Zapata has been to Atlanta this year what Ilicic was to Atlanta last year. Yeah. Like Papu Gomez is just there playing his position. Ilicic is still easing back into it. You know, you can see he's not moving with the same directness. And there's the thing about Ilicic is funny for Atlanta this year. One thing I will say, the passing is just a touch more hesitant. Mm. There have been moments, you know, but, you know, the whole thing with Atlanta is the movement is there. Like, so the, you know, um, Oli Glanville, shout out to him, sent a graphic of Atlanta's average position. So they're positioning the same. But what I think I, I noticed a little bit was a hesitation from Ilicic and a couple of others to hammer the ball through the gaps first time before the gaps closed. And it's a slight thing. It's the slightest thing, but it's there, right? And if you combine that slight hesitation to hit the gaps with Atalanta's defensive frailty, which has always been there, you combine mm. that. That's a toxic combination. And teams take advantage because if you're going to be that high, Atalanta, you've got to be deadly on the other end. Mm. And also one thing that teams have learned to do is hit them early. And it's no coincidence that Atalanta have struggled in games where teams have come after them early. Napoli did it and um, Ajax did it last night. It's a trend. And then it leaves them with so much work to do. And very often they'll pull goal back or goals back. But people are being told to go out and target them early before they get their passing rhythm, disrupt them, disorient them. So it's not, Look, the thing about Atlanta is it still takes very good teams. So you've got a surging Sampdoria that did them 3-1, who are a very good team. They're a surging team. It takes very good teams to unpick that, mm -hmm. which is why ultimately I'm not that worried about them because Illichich will come back to form. He'll find his place again. Papu Gomez has got another good season in him. So I'm not too worried. And also their production line, their, their recruitment and their production line is just ridiculous. So Yeah, they, you know, they do need to stop shipping goals though. They do, they do. Because otherwise they're... I'm I'm not sure that they can out shoot score. Well, outscore teams like they were they could do last season. And especially now people have worked out how to Exactly. Get yeah. Because yeah. people are people are giving them a little bit more respect and therefore they really need to stop shipping goals. Yeah. Um so that ended two all Liverpool drew uh, Liverpool won two 0 against Midland at home. Fairly comfortable mm. uh for Fabinho. Looks like he's going to be out with a hamstring for a while. So Liverpool's injury concerns continue. Man City beat Marseille 3-0. Pretty comfortable for Man City. Porto beat Olympiacos 2-0 in the other game in that group. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. 
but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Let's just talk about this gate, this group quickly before we wrap up with a couple more questions. Yeah. No, actually, no, we've got two. Well, actually, no, we've got two more groups to do. I want to do. Yeah. First of all, buy and beat locomotive must go 2-1 thanks to a unbelievable Joshua Kimmich goal, which got him out of trouble. That's, I, th- I just think, tr- especially with everything that's going on at the moment, I think traveling that far for away games is quite tricky for people. And I think that just winning the game and coming home is with the three points is enough. I don't want to sound like cliche footballer, but it is. Yeah. Also, can I say, shout out quickly to that, to Goretzka, because there was something quite symbolic about the fact that those two were the scorers and yeah. those two will be the access of their big push for the Bundesliga and the Champions League. They are outstanding again. And actually, Goretzka's goal in its own way was just as beautiful as, as Kimmich's goal. Did you see he, was, um, see he was lining up for Lokomotiv? No, no. Vedran Kualuka. Oh my goodness. <laughs> The Gandalf of football. Harry Redknapp was probably in the crowd. <laughs> to go to see his old boy. Trying to sign. He I'll, has had I'll, a great career. Bedren, great... I'll get a club soon, boy, and I'll sign you again. <laughs> he's had a, from his car window in Moscow, he's had a great <laughs> career. He's a good player, man. Yeah. Underrated, I think. Uh, Kimmich was man of the match in that game. I think he was just superb. Uh, the other game in that group, Athleti 3, Salzburg 2. Jao Felix put on a masterclass. Jao Felix just let the boy live. I know. That's the thing. Well, he's, he's fun, isn't he when, he, when he's let go? And it's, it's strange. I've said this before many times, actually. It always baffled me that he joined a club where he wouldn't get, you know, as much possession as other places. Mm. But he thrives on efficiency. He loves it. He loves operating in tight spaces. He is a bit, you know... Nasty in a good way. He's getting a bit nasty. Yeah, he is. He he's is going a bit Anakin, isn't he? But he's finding his. I, I think. Look, he's a, he's a an absolute joy to watch, and he's decisive, and he's why they're dangerous. Atleti. He's why they're really, really dangerous. And look, Bayern hammered them in the last game of the Champions League. But they're going to do that to a lot of teams, Bayern. Mm. And actually, a hammering from Bayern is not always the best reflection of where you are as a team. They've got the chops in the La Liga, and they've got the chops to be in those final stages again in this tournament and he mm. will be a primary reason why just sensational you know here's the one thing if COVID hadn't come along I'd have been so interested to see what Aleti would have done in that Champions League because they finally looked like they'd worked it out they finally looked with that win over Liverpool like they'd worked out how to really do this which is sad because they, they may actually be the biggest losers of the whole in terms of European football they're arguably the biggest losers of the whole yeah their momentum was astonishing before it shut down but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it completely threw them off and they just never looked the same afterwards, I yeah. think. That was a really good game, that. And yeah. fair play to Rebel Salzburg, who 
you know, kept in it till what, five minutes from time? Yeah. yeah. Felix's yep, yep. final goal. Quickly, Shakhtar nil, Inter nil. Inter had a couple of chances and they should have won the game. But the other game from that group, glad back to Real Madrid 2. Oh, glad I don't want to, I don't want uh, yeah, we're, it's not a partisan podcast. But, but there are, def- there, there, there are, there are draws really want that feel Gladbach. like defeats. There are draws that feel like defeats. <laughs> I really want Gladbach to go through. But also on a deeper level, a win like that changes everything. You know what that is? That would have been a statement, statement victory. Statement victory. Thank exactly. You. It yeah. would have been a statement victory where you go up against a team like this. And yes, it's an ailing Madrid, but it's still Madrid. Mm. It's still Madrid. And you win that. Their most impressive performances, we, actually the one, com- one, one, one consolation for them is their last three performances have all been their most impressive of the season. Mm. They're, on a, they're on a run now, Gladbach. They've found themselves and they haven't won much. This is the thing, the players in that squad haven't won much. And that's not a criticism of them because they're young and whatever. And it's, to be honest as well, few players have won much these days with the concentration of trophies at a couple of clubs. Yeah. Few players won much. So when you're playing the late stages of a game, I do have a lot of sympathy for people that are unable to keep possession because you haven't done it before. You also, haven't bear felt in mind, that press. Yeah. Borussia Mönchengladbach against Real Madrid. Right. So, so playing out from the back in the late stages or keeping possession is just a difficult thing to do. It's a specialist mm. skill. And it's almost like you need to have someone in your squad. You almost need to buy someone who just plays 20 minutes at the end of each game. Like Xavi was being used as a closer for late here at Barcelona. Xavi Santi was coming Pizzola. on. Oh and my God, watch- can you imagine if Santi had gone to Gladbach? <laughs> oh my, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Do you, know, do you know what that felt like? It felt like when you jump into a swimming pool and don't like hold your nose properly and you get the rush of water up your nose. Just the vision of that. Basically, as a, the enlightened thing would be for an agent to pitch players round leagues and go, here's a closer, 20 minutes for them a game, mm. come in and just and we'll sit on the bench and they'll be like, because actually that's a really strong proposition for... It's a lovely way to make a living. And it, it's, a, it's a lovely way and it's also a a specialist job right you know I mean you could prolong a player's career for for years if they're okay with playing 20-30 minutes a game oh you absolutely could you absolutely could I wonder if they actually want to do that though I mean like even, even at a basic sorry this is I'm embarrassed to even at a basic Sunday league level the last two three years I played I played 20 minutes a game and it was and I knew that's what I was going to get and I loved it because you basically prep for it like it's 90 Mm. And you work on everything. You work on first touch, holding ball up, like going to the corners, like layoffs, all of it. And you know, actually it's a really exciting way to play because you know exactly what your job is and you know what you're going to enable or disrupt. I just, there's a ton of players. There's a ton of players who retired, Ryan, three years early that could have been closers. Yeah. Jabby Alonso. You know what? That is a whole concept podcast. Closers. Yes, closers. Ultimate oh, we've closers. Got so many, we've got so many concept ones to do. We we're have to need get on them. with that. We're going to need them, yeah. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. During this lockdown. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. In fact, we'll record them next week because we can't do anything else. Yeah, so um, we'll record a couple and put them out in the next couple of weeks because we have been saying that for a while now. Um, Marcus Tram was brilliant in this game. His first was so lovely. And I love how Ferlamondi played him. He was over the other side of the pitch for the second, for the tap-in. And Mondi played him on, on side, but he was so de- so much deeper than everyone else that even Taram and the entire Gladbach side thought Taram was offside. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. But it's really good seeing Alassane player back as well and Taram yeah. returning to, to some kind of form. Large Stindle behind them as well. 
you know, you've got a front five there of Hoffman, Neuhaus, Stindl, Player, and Taram. Like that is that's low key. That's low key really fun. Yeah, it's great. I think there's a confidence issue there with Gladbach. I don't feel like they think they belong here at the moment yet. I agree. And I think as soon as they do, they'll rough a few people up in in the Champions League. That victory would have made them think differently because Rosa would have been like, I can tell you this. You know, Rosa can be like, I can tell you all of this about yourselves, Mm. but until you go out and do it for yourselves, you won't see it. Do you know what? If there's fans back, they win that game. Because Gladbach full is... It's funny, I, I, I've said this before, if I had a men's team in Germany, it would always have been Gladbach. It's, mm. I, haven't, I don't really have one, but mm. they were the first team when they five played, maybe Schalke 4-1, I think, like mm. when I first got here. And I was just like, the way they play football. Just a great club, man. Just the ambition, yeah. The way that, but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very handsome manager. They're fun on the pitch, fun on the eyes. Very fun on the eyes. Uh, quickly to Group F, which was a little bit dry. Dortmund beat Zenit two 0 at home, and that game was just not a classic. Really neither was neither was Bruges against Lazio one all though. So uh, it's actually quite a good result for Dortmund. That's a bad draw for Lazio as well against Bruges. That's not a good result for them. No, it's not at all. No, um, Sevilla one nil against uh, Sevilla beat Ren one nil. Chelsea beat Krasnodar four 0 away. Tidy result for Chelsea. Beautiful goal for Luke De Jong against uh, Ren. Oh yeah, it was lovely and good win that. Yeah. Let's wrap with a couple of questions before we get out of here. Oh, first of all, Thornbjorn Jack, I think it was on Twitter, said to me, we need to clarify our definition of an angry goal. So I would like to propose that because in response to the Olivia Show goal mm. for Sweden in midweek, absolute amazing uh, angry goal, I thought. And basically my definition of an, of an angry goal is that a goal that you can imagine someone saying like, fucking come on, let's go. Like Modric's last week against Shakhtar, we said wasn't an angry goal because it was too finessed and he was and he was too placid as a player. Well, it weirdly because someone said that Tony Cruz scored one against. I, see, oh, I don't yeah, th- in the free I don't, kick. I don't think that was. Oh, you know, do you know okay. why? Do you know why? I tell you why. Because there was too much control in it. It was so. And whereas an angry goal for me is is very often you see them. You most often see them as part of a comeback. So like yeah, a 2 nil down. Yeah, so like Henri against West Ham, is the, these, that is the original. Oh, yeah. As he said, that was an anger strike when he spins off and cracks. He had a lot corner. of angry goals, actually. He did, and did Batistuta. Batistuta, mm. Batistuta actually scored one against, I think, Fiorentina for Roma, but oh, didn't celebrate. Yeah. he didn't celebrate it because he wasn't angry at Fiorentina. He was angry at like, we have to win this title. Yeah. But if you watch that volley, the way it dips towards him, Alan Shearer scored an absolute ton of angry goals mm. an absolute ton um, although his demeanour didn't always make it obvious that he was angry at the time the celebration so, counts I think for a lot of angry goals or it can or it can make a non-angry goal look angry and I know that we're yeah. getting a little bit into like no it's important Timo Ketspire angry goal yeah. when he kicked the side that's a that yeah Viv Miedemar against West Ham she scores an angry goal anyway and then she smashes when the ball comes back out of the net she smashes it in again you know who is low-key angry Del Piero oh yeah Alessandro Del Piero was low-key, really angry. One of the angriest goals I've seen was his breakaway goal against, uh, against Germany in the semi-final in 2006. Yes. yes, yes. That finish is absolutely astonishing. He so gets good. it, scoops it out of his body, and then the way he runs away, like, you know, with the tongue out. But actually, Del Piero was low-key as angry as Michael Jordan. But it didn't come across because his play was so elegant. But there was in his play, there was so much like intensity. This is a guy who comes into Juventus, 
behind Baggio, right? And everyone's like, Baggio's the greatest 10 ever. And Baggio widely acknowledged as the most outstanding 10, like at the international level for Italy. And many people acknowledge him as that. Del Piero came into that dressing room and displaced him. Do you understand the level of anger you have to have to be looked at and trained to be like, ah, oh, like he'll never be Baggio and to come in and just basically change everything. So there's anger and there's also low-key anger, I think. Mm. So it'd be interesting to reinterpret, go back through Del Piero's career and watch certain performances and be like, oh, now I get it. Okay, one from Fanel Green on Twitter. Using only teams from outside the top five leagues, what's your dream final? I've got mine. I've got my first one already. Go on. I would love to see Dinamo Kiev in a final. Oh. Just given their legacy and like what that would do for a generation of footballers. Interesting. My, my final is Ajax-Porto. Yeah, Ajax had to go in the final as well for me, to be honest. I think just because like what that would do for both countries and generations of footballers would be amazing, actually. It would just be so inspirational. Look what Stoa Bucharest did in 86 for a generation of Romanian footballers watching Hagi. It just gave them so much confidence. And like when Galatasaray won the UEFA Cup, what that did for Turkish football, it just shows you can really be on that stage consistently and like, you can actually draw a direct line from those, you know, mm. when one club does well from a country where it's not expected to get there. And then all of a sudden it's like, and then you have all those breakout stars as well. Yeah. So Ajax, Ajax key for me, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. And let's see if we've got any more questions before we get out of here. Oh, before we go, before we, sorry, sorry. Correction. Okay. So, oh yeah. <laughs> my apologies. If anyone listened to Righty's house and they heard about this amazing player called Sergio Echida and couldn't find him. His name was actually Sergio Etchigo, and he was the guy that created the flip flap that Rivellino did and then Ronaldinho did. So that was my apologies, like it's my ailing, ailing football in, brain. In true tabloid hack style, we oh, no. we did the you, you did the the miss the misspeak on yeah. the big podcast and then buried the correction away on like page thirty seven. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, exactly. No so. man. I mean, you know, we all we all make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for pointing it out, Musa. Transparency. <laughs> exactly. Truth out. All right, then should we get out of here? Yeah, might as well. We hope everyone is staying safe and well. And hydrated. Like we said earlier, we're going into a second lockdown next week. So we'll see how it goes. And maybe we'll start doing stadio sessions a little bit more regularly now that none of us can go out again. Mm. Yeah. Stay well, everyone. We know it can be tricky. So one thing I will say before the kind of, I mean, lockdown, shutdown, whatever they're calling it here. It's a weird one because... It might, you might think, oh, it's going to be okay because we've been here before and we've done it before. But I think before we shut down, if we're honest with each other, we're all honest with each other, we kind of felt, oh, there'd be a natural end to it. We get back to normal. And as the census crept in that this thing might be around for a while, and I, I've got friends who've, you know, people in my circle who've got COVID and like they've recovered from it. And no one in my circle's got it badly yet. It hasn't taken the life of anyone I know, but it has taken the life of friends of friends. And it's become uncomfortably close. And I totally understand the anxiety of people and the exhaustion of, oh my God, do I really have to bother with this? Mm. And people going, I want to get out of their money. I get that. And I'm not going to try and lecture to people who feel frustrated at this because we're all frustrated. It's just like, if there are any extra steps you can take just to be that bit safer, just try and take them. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lecturing people about like, oh, saying I shouldn't do, no, because I'm just a guy on a podcast. But I mean, I, I wish want... I'd listened to that advice before I started a podcast with you because this is 
Because you're trapped in here with me now, aren't you? Now you I'm are. trapped in here and I should have I should have been looking out for myself. You should have been now. <laughs> you're now irretrievably tied. Oh, I'm stuck. Now we're on the ringer stadium. and now we're doing this thing with Ian Wright and now I've got to do this every week and it's just like... <laughs> you're like Basically, Gollum. Your fate is tied to the ring. I should have just worn a mask and all of this would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave these good people be. They've got to go Let's about their day. Good. We're playing out this week on a brand new one from Swing Ting. Shouts to Swing Ting, Manchester Crew. It's the hard dub of Signs. It's literally just come out this week. Oh, wow. The reworks of their 100 Dances album. So go to swingting.bandcamp.com. Go and support Swing Ting. Great people, great crew, some great music. And this will be added to our Spotify outros playlist. Go and check that. Anything else we need to talk about? Oh, at Stadio on Twitter, at Stadio Football on Instagram. Yeah, any complaints about me, at Ryan Hunt. Leave me out of it. Listen, he's an, he's an adult Ryan. human. He can deal with his own <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Have a good weekend, everyone. Much love. We'll see you Monday. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.